This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your goodness and we thank you that by your mercies, no weapon of the enemy shall destroy our lives in us in every situation and through it all. By your spirit, you draw us closer to yourself. Give us ears that hear and give us hearts that respond to your pulling. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Good. Last week, uh, I shared a little bit about being fruitful, being fruitful in our salvation. And today, I just want to continue. Uh, whoever is controlling the thing should mute the background noise so that. Amen. Good. So I shared with us on being fruitful. And I drew our attention to the fact that salvation, the death of the coming of Jesus Christ dying on the cross and his Resurrection is more than just for the forgiveness of our sins, but is to bring us to what originally we were before sin came into the world and to function and to fulfill our purpose and our calling as God has intended it. Jesus Christ coming, death, resurrection, and ascension is for the purpose of restoration of mankind to the place where he was. Of course, it first begins with cleansing, which is the forgiveness of our sins by the blood to make us, to make it possible for us to reunite in fellowship with our God and our creator. So with that in mind, we are not to stop at the cleansing or at the forgiveness of our sins but we are to progress to save not ourselves, but to save God. And this God has made it possible. What he wants us to do by the gift of the Holy Spirit. So in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, I want somebody to read for us. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, when Peter was ministering the gospel and they asked, what should they do? You see, 37 says, now when they had heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, 
what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission or forgiveness of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Peter says, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So what Peter said here includes you and me. I said what Peter says here includes you and me. Unfortunately, we have been deceived as Christians to just focus our attention on our sins that have been forgiven. And that has made us to neglect the gift of the Holy Spirit, which was promised to us. When God spoke about salvation of the Israelites, one of the things he said, one of the things he indicated was the fact that he would do changes in the individual. But over and above the changes in the in individual, he would also put in the individual the ability to do, to obey, and to do what God wants to do. And that was a prophecy of Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 downwards. When we start from 25, he says, then will I sprinkle you, or then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness, and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. In other words, a heart that is soft. You know, here we see the scripture speaking of a heart which is different from the spirit. Because he says, a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. I don't know what the heart is here, but whatever it is, God sees it as necessary to change it. And he says, a new spirit will I put within you and I'll take away your stony heart and I'll give you a heart of flesh. 
And then he also adds, and I will put my spirit within you. And with that, cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments. And above all, you shall do them. And so on. Now, as you read, you realize after this, what is to follow on is increase. What is to follow on is fruitfulness. In verse 30, or even verse 29, he said, I will also save you from all your uncleanness. And I will call for corn and will increase it and lay no famine upon you. And I will multiply the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field that ye shall receive no more reproach of famine among the heathen. In other words, I would make you different. I will cause your life to stand out and you cannot be reproached. I would make your life accomplish or I will cause things to happen in your life that people will know that you are special, that they cannot no longer laugh at you. Now, I, I want us to be very careful about what the word of God is saying and not attempt to do things with our own minds. Now, we are talking about fruitfulness. And you know, unfortunately, many Christians have thought that fruitfulness is optional. Fruitfulness is something that if you like, you can do it. But otherwise, the most important thing is to stay away from sin. Now, it's true that the most important thing is to say, stay away from sin. But what you are talking about uh, what is in your mind is to stay away from things that you have, you, the Bible has said, don't do. Things that the Bible has said, don't do. But what you are forgetting is that the Bible has said things that you shouldn't do, as well as also said things that you should do. Now, to not do the things that you shouldn't do is good. But to not do the things that you should do is dangerous. It's dangerous because in your mind, you think you are okay. But what you forget is that what you shouldn't do may actually be something that is for your own safety. And it doesn't really bring glory to God. You see, if I don't fornicate, I don't do all the negative things that the Bible that says I shouldn't do. Uh, it doesn't bring glory to God. But if I do the things that God says I should do, that is where the glory of God is manifested. That is where the glory of God is seen more And so I really want to encourage all of us to hear and heed to the word of God. 
Now, today, I want to just progress a little bit from what is expected of us in terms of fruitfulness. And I want us to, or the emphasis of this message is that it is time to believe in Jesus. It is time to believe in Jesus and to believe the way he directs Fast, but if our lives is taint on the and we were to evaluate it now, you discover that you said with your mouth that you believed, but in your heart you didn't believe. But you see, in John chapter 14, John chapter 14. Just the verse one. Jesus will speak to his disciples and told them, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Now, I thought Jesus said he and the Father is one. So is it possible to believe in God and not to believe in Jesus? Why would Jesus say to the disciples, you believe in God? Believe also in me. Now, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, in as much as Jesus has said many times that he and his father are one, it was difficult for the disciples and even all those around at that time to believe that when Jesus speaks, God is speaking. Most of us are waiting and listening to the voice one day when we will know that God has spoken. But you see, Jesus is saying that if you believe in God and truly you believe in God, then believe also in me. In other words, whatever you would do because God says you should do, what I say also, you must do it. But unfortunately, unfortunately, we go to church we do all the things that has been labeled Christian. But, but deep down, deep down, we don't believe in Jesus. You know, and it's, it's really weighing heavily on my heart. And my prayer for you and me is that we will be found to believe in Jesus we will be found to believe in Jesus because many of the things that hinders us 
and makes us unfruitful is simply the result of unbelief in Jesus. Not unbelief in God. It's like, as for God, we believe he exists. But Jesus, we know, we believe that your death and resurrection is what will give us freedom. But then we are not sure whether all the other things you say is the case. Because when we look at what you say, when we look at what you say, and in addition to that, when we compare with the situations on the ground, it is hard to believe in you. And it is hard to believe in what you say. So silently, we believe, we believe in, in God. Believe partly in Jesus. But we don't believe in all the things that Jesus has said we should do. Amen. Are you there with me? Amen. Amen. Okay. So, so, what it is is that, what it is is that, most of us believe in God, but we don't believe in Jesus. Now, why am I saying that? Why am I saying that? I'm saying that because the most important thing that Jesus has asked us to do and told us to do, we don't, we don't do. You see, many of us need things for this life. Many of us, there are things that we need. But Jesus has showed us how to get those things which would make us fulfill the purpose of our salvation, which will bring into our lives the full blessing of our salvation. And yet, yet, we reject it. What am I talking about? I'm talking about Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. I'm talking about Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. You see, Matthew 6, 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Now, Jesus was speaking to this. Jesus was saying this to people that have declared their faith in him as a son of God and have left all and followed him. They have left all and followed him. And he was addressing to them the way that would make 
the purpose of God complete in their lives. By telling them that the things that you need here on earth, because you have a body, because you exist in this flesh, the necessities that have come about is being thought of already by God. And He is going to supply it to your life. But you seek first God's kingdom in your life, in your environment, and wherever you may be. And these things will be added unto you. Now, you see, one of the lessons I'm learning, one of the things I'm learning is that when you give people an idea or you give them a solution to a problem, if they can see how the instruction or how the guidance will solve the problem, they are likely to do it. They are likely to do it. Once they can mentally see that this thing that you are saying most people and most of us is our inability to see how the solution to a problem would work out. The challenge we have there, once we can, we can put two and two together to see how what you said we should do would turn out to where we want things to be. Once we can see that, you can be rest assured that we are not likely to do it. Once we can see how your instruction or your guidance would actually bring to pass what we wish for. That's it. So you see that a lot of Christians can't see how seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness will bring into our lives all the things we need. So once we can see it, and once we can understand it, it becomes very difficult to even seek further clarification about how to implement it. It, it becomes, we, we don't get to that step. We don't get to that step. But many instructions that are given to you have in them many more steps that will be revealed to you but would only be revealed to you when you set your heart to do the instructions. And you see, if Jesus said, I have many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear it. But when the spirit of truth, who is the Holy Spirit shall come, he shall guide you into all truths he shall lead you and show you things 
So what it is is that if we were to believe Jesus Christ, not only as our savior from our sins, because of the shed blood, but if we can believe that he's also a savior from the slavery of Satan over our lives here on earth, he's also a deliverer from our captivity of unfruitfulness and wastedness of our lives. If we can believe him through the Holy Spirit, the multiple steps that needs to be taken will be taken. I said the multiple steps that needs to be taken will be, will, would happen because the, the wisdom you need will be given to you at the very hour when you need it. You know, no matter who you are, unless the Lord has been merciful to you, many things that are operating against our lives will stop our fruitfulness. But we can be guaranteed of the Lord's mercy. Because the Bible says, great is thy faithfulness. Your mercies are new every morning. Your mercies are new every morning. So we can guarantee that whatever we need to be fruitful, God will help us to be fruitful. If we will believe it. If we will believe it. You know, one of my challenges, and you, you may not think that I, the one who is speaking, also have challenges in following God all the way. Because in your mind, you think, oh, I'm okay. And I have it right. I have everything. No, I don't. I'm human. And there are moments where natural sense begins to also speak in. And you know, I have two boys. My son and my nephew. And they are at a stage where I think and I feel that they need my input. My interaction is significant, both academically and even like raising them as men. And it has been one of the difficulties for me in terms of having to travel and moving around because I would love to be around to interact with them to make sure that the voice of a man is always heard. So, I've been given some more work to do in terms of advancing the gospel and the church work to other places. And even though I'm doing it, even though I'm doing it, there's always that thing at the back of my mind that, oh, you know, when I travel or I go, I shouldn't be long so that the boys don't feel my absence for long and so that I can also have a, a chance to interact with them. And this morning, as I speak with you, I'm on my way out. 
of course, to a meeting, but also to work. And, and I'm thinking about the boys. Then I heard a voice just this morning that you are thinking about the boys because you travel soon and you feel that you just came back and you are going again and you think they need you. I heard a voice clearly. They can do without you. They can do without you. Then even as I'm speaking now, asking myself, did I have that father figure in my life to be where I am? In terms of growing up as a 14-year-old, as a 16-year-old. And I realized that that figure was not there. And yet I was able to raise, rise up to go to school and become something meaningful in society. So yes, a father's contribution is important, is necessary. But it's not absolute. At the end of the day, it will always be God. It will always be God. Now, as I heard the voice, as I was, as I was meditating on this, then I heard a voice say that, you know, not long ago, I asked Andrew's wife, how old is their son? And she just, she didn't give me the age of the son, but just said, oh, he's two months after your son. He's two months after your son. Then it occurred to me that I am so worried or I am the slightest dragging of feet or contemplating about leaving my boys. And, and the Spirit, I believe it's the Holy Spirit speaking to me, that wherever you are, because of technology and because of video and all those things, you can do everything you need to do with your children. But where Andrew is now, he has, his contribution to the life of his children have ended. Then the question was, which one is which one would you prefer? Then I said, Lord, please don't 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 bring that. This one is fine. I'll go. I'll go without gradually, without thinking about what is happening. I'll go. I'll go. Because at least from a distance, I can have a contribution. Because when I go, I'll come back. Now, you see, I'm trying to explain to you that God's way is the way that will bring everything that our life needs. God's way will bring what God expects out of our lives. And God, God's way will bring what we desire out of our lives. So God's ways will satisfy everybody. 
our way may or may not even satisfy us. And for sure, our way will not satisfy God. Because God has said, my ways are not your ways. So there's no way our way can satisfy God. I believe the Lord by his spirit is speaking to us this moment to desire to do his will and to choose his way of living here on earth. And whatever is a challenge to that decision, my prayer is, Lord, by your spirit, to a genuinely crying heart, Lord, reveal to them and reveal to us what we need to do your way and to do your will for our lives. Give us through the power of the Holy Spirit that resides in us, the ability to accomplish all tasks and every step we need to take to fulfill your purposes for our lives and to bring to full manifestation your salvation. May our lives be filled with abundance of every good thing as we seek to do your will. You have said through your servant, your son Jesus, our savior, that all these things shall be added unto us. Lord, thank you every addition of the needs of our lives. Thank you that as we set our hearts to do your will, health and strength shall be our portion. Peace of mind, gratitude and fulfillment shall come our way and we shall know that you are God and you are faithful. I thank the Lord that by his spirit, he's speaking to us this moment. And we are willing to receive his voice. May we hear by the Spirit. May we move by the Spirit. And may we accomplish his purpose. May his, his work of saving souls, of looking after the souls, be our preoccupation in our prayers, in our day-to-day -day activities, and even in our leisure. May God be everything to us. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love and your mercy. Mm -hmm. I pray that this season shall not pass us by without finding ourselves in tune with you, without allowing us, aligning ourselves to your will. Lord, by the Holy Spirit's working in our lives, remove every obstacle, remove every hindrance, every stronghold, pull it down and set us free to walk in the fullness 
of our salvation. Let your glory be seen in our lives. Every place of shame, every place of regret. By your power, let laughter and joy be present. For a heart that is given up, Lord, let hope arrive in that heart. Every feeble hands, Lord, let strength come in. Hands that are down, let them be lifted. And knees that are wobbly, Lord, let strength come into it. Amen. Every hurt, every disappointment that seemed to keep us as keep us in a, in bondage today by the power of your Holy Spirit, let it be broken that Amen. we shall be free to live our lives for you. Amen. I pray for every life that did not know you. Mm. I want us to pray this prayer together. If there's anybody who wants to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let us pray this prayer together. Mm. Heavenly Father, Heavenly I Father. thank you for my life. I stand before you as a sinner. And I repent of my rebellious ways. And I submit to you as my God. And I submit to your absolute leadership. I desire to do your will. And therefore I ask Lord, as I declare my faith in Jesus Christ, as your son, who came to die and rose again on the third day for my sins and for my liberation. Lord, let that blood that was shed on Calvary wash me clean of my sins. And may this same blood save the same blood to come before you as my Lord and as my Father. I thank you as I receive Jesus into my heart. As I receive as my Lord my heart. As my Lord. My life, Lord, let it be according to your word. As I receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. As I receive the gift to do your will and to do your commandments. And to do I thank you, Father. I thank you for my salvation. For my salvation. We believe you've been blessed by this message. To stay connected, follow our LCI social media platform.